pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Well, howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. How are you, Miss Maggie? I'm fantastic. What are you up to today? <laughs> Podcasting with you. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Hey, can I just say that regardless of where we are, you are so much fun. I'm a delight. You? No, I didn't say that. Oh. Yes, you're a delight. Of course you are. I always wanted to be a delight. You are. <laughs> well, you know, just yesterday we were in the middle of the Rockies of Colorado having breakfast. And you said, you know, let's go to Steamboat, Colorado. And I'm <laughs> like, did. okay. And here we are. And here we are. It's just, beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like how it was just up the road. We didn't have to drive. I really, we travel a lot, so it was nice. Well, and of course, when you're driving around, and especially in the Rocky Mountains, it goes by in a hurry because of the scenery. It's so true, though. Oh, it's so true. It was a gorgeous drive, just totally stunning. I love when they have the bodies of water up here. There's just something about when the mountains come down to meet you know, some sort of lake or reservoir or something. I mean, just, it's so stunning. And then the trails, we've explored some of the trails here for a couple of days and <laughs> yeah. uh, along by the rivers and Beautiful. just extraordinary. You're a blast. <laughs> you're just a and blast. And you're just, you're always so willing. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go now. Yeah. Well, neither one of us really uh, procrastinate. You know, it's funny. I, I, I feel, I don't know if I've always been like that. I think I have to some extent, but I do know that it was taken to the next level when uh, it was years ago. And one of us said, you know, I want to go snowshoeing. You know, we've never been snowshoeing. We had never done that before. This was a long time ago. And um, I think you said, well, let's go snowshoeing up in Canada. And, and I said, well, it's January. <laughs> sure. And, and, but, no, but that, was so, that was you. But it was so funny because we had this moment. We, we really did. We had this moment of recognition right. saying, if we don't do it now, we probably won't do it. January in Canada up in Canmore. Now there's an idea. Don't you feel like though that that kick started the even no to the next no level, doubt. like a lifestyle of not waiting. If you've got an idea, go do it. Just go you do it. You know what? Your your days are not to be a, a downer, but they're numbered. Not to be macabre. <laughs> don't don't be macabre. But seriously, <laughs> you know, when you have an yes. idea, work it out and yeah. go do it because there's very little circling back. Yes. I mean, you, it's so easy to say, well, you know, well, let's just do it next year. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know. Experiences like that—they're like potato chips. I mean, once you have one, you just—oh yeah, give me more, give me more. Hey, Yellowstone's only about six hours away. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> Let's my, do my it. Goodness, yeah. Well, we've we've got a. Hey, I we need to go fly fishing. Speaking of Yellowstone, I want to fly fish. It's important. It's important to jump on these things when you think about it. Yes. And last time we were there, they were, you see them on the Snake River, mm. drifting down oh. the river with a guide and they just... Talk know. about relaxing. It's not about catching fish. One of my favorite times is when I saw this, this group of guys, you know, they're out in the river and um, they, they're with a guide. They're out there for the first time and the guide, so, you know, he was very subtle and he made sure they didn't see him, but he was picking the hook off the back of one of them and putting it back in the water. And that's not cheap either, is it? They pay a lot of money to have somebody pull the hook out of their shirt. And not tell them. And don't, and don't You're doing tell great, them. Bob. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you've hooked your hat. I don't know. There's so much to do up here, isn't there? Yeah. Colorado has a lot to offer. Well, the, the, the West in general. Well, it's, it's really important to look for ways to mix up your day-to-day -day experiences. Mm. And because yes. the, th the thing that wants to stop anyone 
from having frequent experiences outside of repetition is the lower self. It's the ego oh. because for it to succeed at yes. uh, diminishing life, it needs attention. It needs to just stay in the same mm -hmm. stuff, live the same round robin circle and and garner attention. And that's what feeds it. Isn't that funny? I just think that's and funny, interesting, not funny, funny, but I think it's so interesting that, that the, the lower self, the ego, it always wants to find that rut as quickly as possible. Yes. You know, we're, I was laughing. We came into town and we got some chicken at this chicken place mm -hmm. and you know, we, we couldn't find another place to eat. So we went there the next day and I was laughing with the woman that worked there. I was like, we've been here 48 hours and I'm in a rut. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Like that didn't take long. <laughs> And that's true. How how quickly it doesn't take long, <laughs> oh my does gosh. it? You go to the one little chicken stand. I'm like, I want that and, chicken again. Jeez, yeah, go the, get something else. The comfort of familiarity. But you're right. You have to, you know. And I guess is that a balance? I guess that's a balance, right? Because you know, you familiarity can be nice, but you also don't want it to just run your life. That's a good word for it. And it it, it is a balance because you have to put pressure on coming out from the familiar. Mm. So with the egoic, unawakened lower self exists by being recognized, and it wants to subsist from uh, the experiences of new things and new because with new things comes the excitement of observation. And with observation comes growth. It comes a spiritual, transcendent growth beyond the average or the norm. And so it truly is a battle, and to overcome that battle or win the battle, it takes moderation. It does take pressure. Uh, so that really, that was, I just want to hover around that for a moment. The lower self, it, it, it exists and it thrives by being recognized. That's, that's a wonderful way to say that. I've never really thought about it that way, you know, seen it that way before. And that's very powerful um, because as we focus on the higher self, we're also allowing the lower self to, you know, um, be put to the side and put in its proper place proper place well the lower self is not a real thing and it requires the bias or the observation of the mm. real thing in order to pretend to exist so here's a question when you focus on the lower self in any capacity are you inflating it you know even if you're sort of like focusing on it thinking you're fixing it mm. um is that the wrong way to do that i mean are we is the only way to to fix the lower self is to focus on the higher self to ignore it because okay. it, the lower wow. self the ego has to draw its life from someone believing that it's real mm. you remember in quantum physics the belief of the observer yes. the the bias of a believer creates a reality so the ego needs an observer to exist it needs an observer's bias in order for it to become an imagined reality wow because often well look at it this way when the ego doesn't get the attention that it needs, it will do all kinds of things to promote itself. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... in other words, the, the lower state of being isn't getting any attention. And if, if that's the case, it will ramp up the negative behaviors, for example, to garner attention. Wow. It'll have a tantrum. I mean, we see... I mean, that was the word that was in, popped in, tantrum. It, it pitches a fit. We see this in children, don't we? Yeah. Because they'll misbehave to get attention. And if it works, then this becomes a, a hardened trait within their personality. And if you don't think that's true, just don't eat. See what happens. Just the tantrum eat. happens. It comes. What's that? Hangry. You're hangry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, here's, here's what happens, really. As people mature and they become older, 
a common role of the ego is to play the role of victim, right? And so the type of attention it seeks is the sympathy uh, of others, Mm -hmm. feeling sorry for them. And, and then it becomes about them. It becomes about their, their made up or their negative story. And so these are signs that someone is not transcended into higher consciousness. And there are so many different egoic patterns of being mind trapped. Mm. A person who promotes themselves as being a victim uses uh, egoic patterns like complaining or being offended, being outraged, being upset. And then once they're identified, with the story that outraged them. Well, they don't want it to end, do they? Mm. Because the last thing the ego desires is for there to be an end to its problems because the problems have become part of its identity. And so it's their story. Mm. And then what happens is if no one will listen to why uh, they have such a sad story, at least I can keep telling it to myself over and over and feel sorry for myself. And by then stimulating, uh, I just feel invigorated, I guess would be a better word, by that negative identity of, you know what, no one else cares about me. No one cares about my problems. No one listens to me. And so I'm feeling sorry for myself because I'm being treated unfairly by life. I'm being treated unfairly by other people. No one will hear my problems. And God knows God treats me unfairly. Mm. And so now I'm mad at God. And all of these things matter to the ego. It matters to the unconscious. But I love how you're presenting this, not as just something wrong that we're doing, that we need to overcome and that we need to change. But, you know, hey, this is a red flag. This is a red flag that, you know, you're not enjoying your life, that you don't, you haven't created a life that you want to engage with. I know that whenever, looking back on my life, probably the biggest time I was uh, playing around with that victim mentality was in high school. Um, because that was probably, I really hated that time in my life. I was not having a good time. I didn't like anything that I was doing. It was, it was not good. But looking back on that, I was playing that victim role because I so did not want to engage with the life that Mm -hmm. was being presented Mm -hmm. to me and that I was living. And so I just like that. I love that you're presenting this to us as, Hey, you know, this isn't just to say you're doing this bad thing. Shame on you. Um, this is the first step to change, to recognizing this. Well, and there's so many forms to this. Uh, And I remember this very thing we're talking about, probably the first time in my life when I was, became aware of it. I was about, I think it was maybe 11 or 12 years old and I'm at Skate Haven. Oh God. And (laughs) I had my own skates, by the way. You're like, let me tell you about my, (laughs) my struggles. My life has been so hard. But I I, I, began at Skate Haven. (laughs) Yeah. And I saw a gaggle of girls over in a corner. Oh, is that what they're called? I don't know. Is that maybe that's? I, not. I recently learned that a, a a group of manta rays they're they're called a fever. A group of men? rays, like stingrays. Oh, stingrays. They're called a fever. A fever. That's pretty cool. Fever of rays. So there's a gaggle of girls over in a corner <laughs> and being all dramatic, and I kind of uh, in 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 my own personal skates that I took with me to Skate Haven, I skated over to the corner and kind of eavesdropped. Freshly waxed. Yeah, <laughs> freshly waxed, paraffin <laughs> wax, roller skate. And, oh, and I overheard one of the girls saying, well, I, I'm just, um, I'm so confused because he's conceited. Was, I, were they talking about you? No, no, they weren't okay. talking about me. But I, I'm thinking, well, now those are two really big words coming out of 10-year-olds' mouths. Mm-hmm. and But that's the beginning of being emotionally mm-hmm. disturbed and, and yes. working on the... The antics of yeah. of 
of negative emotions in order to garner attention to the ego, yes. to feed the ego, to stay in lower self. The point is an incredibly human thing that, that we're right. all uh, working through at one point or another. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the other side of this is when people, well, for example, when they first begin romantic relationships, mm. well, they'll use role-playing in order to attract and to keep whoever is identified by the ego as the one who's going to make them happy, make them feel special, Oof. and fulfill all of their needs. In other words, the ego is saying, hey, you know what? I will play the role of who you want me to be, and you play the role of who I want you to be. Now, now, that's an intrinsic and an unspoken agreement between egos, and it becomes the foundation for that relationship. However, role-playing of the ego is not even possible to maintain in personal relationships. That kind of setup, it, that's all it is, is a, setup is a setup, because the roles, they cannot be sustained 24-7. Mm. I mean, it, it's not possible. So then what happens when the roles begin to cave in and diminish, well, what, do you, what do you see? It's sad to say that the higher self, first of all, it hasn't been revealed. And so the thing that's revealed is what is covering up the true essence or the genius of that person. And so the ego that's been exposed and uncovered, now it often just turns to anger. And most likely the anger is directed toward the spouse or the partner for having failed to get rid of the sense of unworthiness that's foundational to the person's lower sense of self. And so it's this, this bitter cycle of love for what's called love that's emitted from the ego that fails to please, that fails to, and it, it just it hides the truth of the essence of the person. And so they've set themselves up for failure. Well, isn't it fascinating that this always seems to come back to uh, not taking, not empowering yourself by taking ownership of what your life, what's happening around you, what's happening to you, what your life looks like. It always yeah, seems yeah. to come back to that. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't love the word <clears throat> responsibility. It just sounds so crusty. Or something. Because you need to take it, Miss Maggie. <laughs> but ownership. <laughs> I like the word ownership. I own my life. I mm -hmm. own my experiences. I own my relationships. Mm -hmm. And that that's such a, a beautiful way out that you're, you know, gearing us up for. Right now, is, is I can that, feel it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, here he's going to drop it. But, he's going to drop the responsibility. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing, and and really, I, you know, when you focus in on relationships, but how how most people you, we want relationships. We yeah. want to be in love. We're, we want to be loved. We're built for it. So yeah. what's often referred to as falling in love is in most cases just a hyper-inflated sense of egoic neediness. Mm. A person becomes addicted to the image of the other person, which has nothing to do with authentic love. True love has no requirements for the roles of ego. None. True love emanates from source and is interconnected with higher consciousness. Mm. And its, it's satisfaction comes from being present with the positive, like-kind energy of the person that you discovered peace and joy and happiness with. And so the relationship founded in higher consciousness subjugates the identities of the ego. Mm. Well, and this is making me think, this is a very personal thing to share, but um, when we got married, part of the vows were 
I love who you've been, who you are, mm-hmm. and who you have yet to become. And what was that again? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking while you were talking. I'm sure you were. Yeah. But but in re- I remember though very vividly in that time being very aware of being so in love and so connected to the the core of you, your higher self, who you, your essence, and the evolutionary state of our life and who we get to become and who we've been is, is uh, it's so superfluous compared to that. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's what we have to see in ourselves and each other and give each other room to evolve, give each other room to grow and to have been something and, and to, to become who we want to be. That is so vital, isn't it? Because we're, we are, we did not fall in love with titles. Mm. I didn't fall in love with a CEO, you know, um, I really didn't. And so, <laughs> no, you, you really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but truthfully, yeah. unbecoming the identity of titles and roles is absolutely vital mm. to not only attracting more life and authentic people, but it's imperative to living your best life. Yes. And so beginning with, uh, Ancient civilizations, a, a class system developed, and and to understand where how this all came about, well, there were certain functions that were given to people long time ago. I mean, this is this has been around forever. Tradesmen, laborers, merchants, rulers, priests, farmers, warriors, all of the different roles, and then the function of the ego was in most cases something that people were born into. And that identity then determined who you were as far as other people were concerned. You know, you're the, the, the hatterer. You're the cobbler. And even though the function was just a role, that's not how people saw it. They recognized the function as that is who you are. That is your identity. And so then the person agrees, well, of course, I'm a mad hatterer or a happy that- one. And so by handing out the business card, <laughs> yes, I'm a warrior. I'm should, a mad should, you, should you ever need a warrior? That's who I am. <laughs> Do you need a hatter or a warrior? Well, what's, a, what's the difference between a hatter and a haberdasher? I'm not one. I have no idea. <laughs> I could not even begin to tell you. Well, and, and what you're describing, it's interesting <laughs> that it's played out all the time when someone says, tell me about yourself. And and I know that my first instinct is to say, well, I'm a violinist. Mm-hmm. I'm a musician. I do this. I do that. You know, and, and really you're just saying, well, this is how I make money to eat food. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so not even close. Um, but But at the same time, when I try to go in the other direction, I'm not quite sure what to say. Uh, you know, I'm a star child. I'm an eternal being that can control my universe. I mean, wh- wh- where do we even begin? Well, these are roles. These are roles that we're talking about. You and I are enjoying so many different roles these mm. days. It, but the, those roles are not who who we are. Mm. You are that you are enjoying the art of the role, the art of painting. You are the one that's called Meg. Mm. Even so, you are that you are enjoying this experience of playing a violin, Mm. enjoying the observations that come with singing and playing in sold out, high energy, positively interruptive concerts. You're enjoying the role and the experience of that. I am that I am the one you call Stephen. Also enjoying the experience of many different roles, but these roles, they are not who I am. I am that I am. 
enjoying the art of composing music. I'm enjoying the experience of uh, observations that come with teaching the modalities of higher consciousness. You know, I'm enjoying the experience of conducting our orchestra and playing the piano in those uh, sold-out, high-energy, positively-interrupted concerts. Which, by the way, we will be enjoying the experience of playing in Austin, Texas on September the 24th. <laughs> this is, this is uh, unabashed, isn't it? Then in Dallas, Texas a on... shameless s- plug. Shameless plug. In Dallas, <laughs> Texas on September the 30th and October the 1st. Yes. Well, and everything you're, that you're saying right now, it's, it's actually huge. Because it takes what we're being shown and what's being, you know, sort of shoved down our throats all the time from society, and it's flipping it on its head and saying, "No, you, we're not built to do one thing our entire life and then retire to do nothing." I mean, that's just not what we're built for. We're built to have these fun experiences and to play with our higher self in these different roles that you're describing. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's incredibly powerful because it is the total opposite of what we're told we're supposed to be doing, what life is supposed to look like. Yeah, well, because what happens is if I think of myself as, you know, I am a composer, I am a conductor, I am a pianist and teacher of higher consciousness, that's who I am. Well, then what happens when you forget? Well, but what happens, (laughs) but the temporal ego obscures the creative light of the unconditioned essence of me. Mm. The unconditioned essence of me, the same eternal presence that shines in every single human being. And, you know, I've, you may have heard me when we were in Florida uh, after a concert. I actually congratulate people when they come up to me and say, I don't know who I am anymore. Congratulations. (laughs) Because you know what? That is the beginning of transcending. uh, Mm -hmm. That is a, a great start because who you really are, who I really am, has no conceptual definition. Mm. And as soon as one says, you know, I'm a salesman or I'm a farmer, I'm a stockbroker, I'm a doctor, they've identified with a lower state of being, to being unawakened, to observing the experiences rather than becoming them. Wow. So we actually enter into a state of peace and clarity when we fully accept that you know we just don't need to know who we are or what role we identify with even the thought wow. that i don't know is actually closer to who you really are than the the mindful reasonings could ever be defining yourself through thought is limiting who you really are yeah this is such a beautiful concept and it's reminded me of something i did really early on when i was painting and i didn't know what i was doing and i took a a canvas that was covered in acrylic paint and i had finished a painting but i hated it so i wanted to paint over it but i painted over it using oils and i can hear all the artists out there groaning um because it peels off if you if you try to put oil or some alternate medium on top of another one and you haven't prepped it, it's just going to peel right off. It's not Mm going to stay. And so that's sort of devastating if you like what you did. But what you're describing is the beauty of a blank canvas. You know, we don't have to just keep building and building and building um, this tower of personality and this tower of, you know, roles in life. We We can see ourselves as a blank canvas again and again and again to work out these concepts to understand our higher self to not attach to roles you know because that's the thing we're we're taught to collect these roles well i have this degree and i have that degree so that's who i am and that's why i know that i'm important because i've collected all of these ideals Mm -hmm. around my personality Mm -hmm. i just think it's so beautiful this concept of you know starting over 
blank canvas. It's it's a good thing. It's not as if you've lost something. It's not as, as if you've lost time. Well, that's a good point because we truly are all limitless. And take mm-hmm. the the um, uh, the example of being an artist. Without measurement, anyone is an artist. We are all artists. Yes. It has nothing to do with the level of accomplishment. You can give yeah. a paintbrush to an elephant, and the elephant is an artist. Well, what only thing that makes someone an artist is is the create the the act of creating, and so. Mm. Understanding that without putting a number of qualifications or qualifiers on a person, of course, we are all wonderfully diverse and we all have the ability to be entertained by our observations and entertained by putting a, a brush to canvas and see what happens. You're an artist. You you are experiencing the experiences of an artist rather than you are an artist. I've got to catch myself on this. Because our, <laughs> but see, that's a good example of how we've been programmed that's and we've right. been trained up. You are enjoying the art form of artistry. Our abilities regarding Knowledge and talents and energy levels, all of these attributes are vastly different. And they make up the kaleidoscope of human traits, most of which we've not even seen, not yet anyway. But the peace, look, the peace that comes with permission for the collective to release its hold on individual authenticity, it's coming. I mean, it, it is manifesting into the world right now. And I'm telling you that when it is finally released, it's going to be more awe-inspiring than a night sky is. It is going to be amazing to see the diversity of light that's in, within human beings finally and fully released in the manner that it is intended to be. But you know what really matters is, is that we not identify with our abilities to such an extent that our abilities become our identities. Yes. Because transcending the ego into a higher consciousness, that is about changing perspective, isn't it? Because you learn to enjoy the role you play as an observer, which entertains your spirit. Role-playing entertains your higher self, but you you are an observer. You are not the role, you being me and everybody. <laughs> and so when we identify with a role, we misplace our identity, and we think that we're somebody that we really are not. But when you observe yourself being challenged with an experience— that recognition creates a divide between you and the role. And that space then maintains your sense of peace. It maintains your sense of enjoyment. And it maintains your sense of freedom because you cannot fail no more than you can succeed. You just mm. are. And these are all experiences that are designed for our entertainment. And we maintain that space of peace and delight and enjoyment. Wow. It also seems as if your higher self, even if you haven't really connected to it before, that it knows all this <laughs> intrinsically. Because, you know, for example, typically the people who are, struggle the most with depression are the people who are most integrated into a role. Mm-hmm. And right. it's as if your higher yes. self is grieving and, and it knows that this is not right. It's not who they are, mm-hmm. who I really am. Um, and then it sort of, you know, it has all these t- sort of terrible byproducts. 
So it's as if your higher self knows all this. It's the higher consciousness knows. And then there's a sense of guilt that's applied. That's that, mm. that you know you're you're a fraud. You're not really. You're a, not enough. You're not. Yeah. You're not what you claim to be. Yeah. Because the lower state of consciousness, especially as a collective condition, causes human interactions to be inauthentic. Mm. And since they're not authentic, they're stressful, because you're trying. You're. It's a masquerade every time you go out the door, and that causes stress, like you're saying, and it de. It, it creates this despiritualized and dysfunctional way of going, living your life day to day to day. Mm. Dysfunctional. Mm. Mm. So wow. the ego now finds comfort by identifying with a role. Again, going back to kind of how we started today, it gives a false sense of life, of identity. It's not real, but it needs the attention of that role, the attention of the costume, yeah. the attention of the mask for someone to believe you're a doctor. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't be a doctor. You've got to be validated as a doctor. I need, I need a, a, a collective um, consensus. Uh, objective <laughs> yeah. consensus in order for me to believe yeah. what's not really what I really don't believe. And so the higher self is subjugated to that false identity. And authentic interactions are not even going to be possible when people have lost themselves to identifying with roles. You're basically imprisoning your higher self. Right. Yeah. You're in, into your most personal way of living. You know, um, hey, I fell in love with a doctor and I married a doctor. And as soon as I moved in with you, I can tell you, you're no doctor. <laughs> why, why aren't you doctoring anymore? Right. Why, right. Well, and it's, it's interesting. And. You, you really just now revealed to us why this is so vital and so important because you just perfectly described the spiral that happens. It's not just one and done. It's not just one bad association with a role and done. It spirals. You all of a sudden now you need more. The ego needs more. It's a mm -hmm. terrible, hungry beast that always needs to be fed. And so you need this person to acknowledge you. Now you need this group to acknowledge you. Now you need more people. And I mean, it's just this oh, sort of terrible black hole and so avoiding it and making sure that we're not falling into these traps that's the reason it's so important and you hear this all the time at the end of the day is a rock star who's alone by himself in a hotel room and there's not ten thousand people there cheering them on anymore and believing that they are the rock star and you hear how depressing that is because they're left alone with their ego which needs to be uh, built up it needs mm. someone believing something about it for it to even exist. Well, and how surreal for, as we're moving through this experience, carrying that present moment with us, and, you know, one present moment, it has, like you're describing, all these accolades, and then that can't be sustained, though. You know, you don't have an entourage necessarily following you around, constantly giving you this, this reaffirmation of who you are. And so we're faced with ourselves over and over and over again. Well, somebody's thinking, well, I'm not a rock star. I don't need to worry about any of this. Well, now, hold on just a minute. Because, look, it, it comes in every single yes. form. Just take being an adult as an example. Because more often than not, regardless of, let's just say, the professional role that people identify with, and you see this all the time, the universal role of being an adult you're an unemployed adult. You have no costume. You've got no role to play. You're just an adult. You're supposed to be a grown-up. And so the adult that people identify with is now supposed to be your role. And then the social pressure mm -hmm. of being an adult 
is to take yourself and the and, and life very seriously now by the way why is it so serious because i'm a grown-up you know and childish things are foolish to me. So I'm now an adult. And the lower state of being unconscious says, forget about spontaneity. You can't go to Yellowstone on a moment's notice. Plan it for two years from now. What do you mean going up to Canada to go snowshoeing? You're an adult. That's irresponsible. You have, you have things you've got to be taken care of. Because being an adult, after all, there's no room for lightheartedness. And joy? Don't even think about it. Being full of joy means you don't take things seriously enough, young man. Mm. Why, you must not be a mature adult after all. Meg, you and I had someone recently tell us, mm -hmm. um, after she had managed to isolate herself for a couple of weeks into this, a soul journey of reflection, spending time alone to rewild and unbecome labels and identifying with roles, she said, she said to you, it, she said, um, Meg, this is so amazing. I'm not just a mother. I'm not just a musician. I'm so much more than any of that. Mm. She changed perspective to higher consciousness, and she was able to observe those roles that she'd been identifying with as, um, uh, so, as activities rather than identities. Yes. So peace and freedom at that very moment was overwhelming to her senses of uh, obligatory identifiers. In other words, you, you learn to see yourself doing certain activities creatively with curiosity and with passion rather than because it's who you are. And, and so you got to do it because that's after all who you are. Well, that's one of the best things that I love about being a kinetic believer. We're constantly being given uh, permission to do all this, these fun things. You know, we get to wake up every day going, you know, gosh, can you believe that I can just do stuff? I can just do anything I want. You know, if you really allow yourself to uh, practice what we're talking about today, it's just the whole universe just explodes in your mind and you're just all of a sudden aware of, you know, this, these limitless possibilities of experiences and ideas and people and relationships that you can uh, that you can grab hold of. They aren't limitless when we come out from under the have-tos, mm. where there is peace, where there is joy and freedom, <laughs> freedom to be an expression of whatever it is that you're delighting in. That is why there's so much negative knee-jerk reaction for so many people when they're told they got to do something. You have to do this now. And you... That's how you get me to do stuff. Yeah, you, yeah right. Sure. <laughs> you say, Megan, don't do this. Do I'm it. like, well, and I have to go to the opposite. <laughs> because the higher self knows that that is just a barked commandment to the lower self. And so there's a yeah. conflict of nature there. It's not intrinsic to have to do anything. Mm. What is intrinsic to the higher self is to choose to play a role of excellence, to choose to play a role of functionality, and then to delight in the observation of that connectivity. Mm -hmm. A person living their life this way has gratitude in all that they do because there's no burden of identity that's attaching itself to a role that you can never, ever actually be. So that's a that's a wild and wonderful phrase, the burden of identity. Um, and I'm wondering, what are we replacing that with? So if if we're because obviously you're, I mean, our minds are constantly, you know, trying to attach who we are. I mean, it, it's even something as simple as deciding what to wear 
in the morning. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, that's actually connected to who you are and your identity in, in a big way. So I'm wondering, you know, what's that being replaced with? What are those thoughts of that burden of identity being replaced with? How, what is, what's the appropriate response of the higher self as we're, you know, sort of digesting all this every day? Well, the appropriate response of the higher self, it's, it, it, it is what it is. And the higher self is going to delight in the picking out of the, the, the clothing and the diversity of choice and the things that you can experience and be entertained by. But what's actually happening, because people are so steeped in the lower self and the have-tos is, well, for example, there's a, a record number of people that are taking opioids and antidepressants because they've identified with something that they are not. And so the ego that identifies with the the empirical realm has taken over and people are believing that there's something that they are not. Something then profound happens when you believe something that's not true. You become like the the Wormwood character in C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. He was the nephew of the senior demon Screwtape, and Wormwood was just a junior tempter. The ego creates this incessant internal dialogue that's to tempt a person into believing that there's something that they're not. Wow. I have a question here. Um, I read an interesting article yesterday about, uh, it was talking about social media and even binge-watching different shows and it was talking about how, you know, we shouldn't see it as a, it made a good case for not seeing these things as addiction, but as constant uh, desire for disassociation, which is quite different. And as you're describing the higher self and what the, our true intent, you know, the thing that we're supposed to be doing, our original intent for the higher self, I'm wondering if the need for disassociation in the ego is really just a twisted version of the appropriate response of the higher self needing to be an observer because it it actually seems quite similar but one is sort of a false representation of being an observer of life because really being an observer of of these roles that is a form of disassociation but it's the right form and so when we find ourselves you know scrolling through social media for six hours not realizing how much time is passing Mm -hmm. um is, is that kind of a false representation of of what our higher self is craving well, it actually is, and the 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 allure there that is false, and the entrapment comes from matching the energy of others, matching mm. psychologically and through observation what you're watching. Maybe as you're thumbing through Instagram, and you think it's completely benign, but if you're awakened to higher consciousness enough. And you've transcended a lower state of being enough. And you're working on, let's say you're being a you're a KB. And so you're doing your journaling every day and you are meditating on your higher self and this higher perspective. You will notice how you match the energy of others and how binge watching television will pull you into ideology that you don't necessarily agree with, but your your subconscious is connected to the energetics of what you're observing, even without you you being aware that this is what's happening. Wow. And it's so, oh, this is fascinating. I love this. I love this podcast. <laughs> it's like catnip. <laughs> it's like catnip. <laughs> oh, if I was a cat. Yeah. Um, but it's just so great because what you're describing, I think it's fascinating that the the baseline sensation of checking out, of disassociating through social media when you're in ego is actually quite similar to the sensation 
of a, being an observer from the place of higher self on your roles. And so I think yes. it's just really interesting that it's like, it's sort of an echo, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not the true version of living from higher self, but it's sort of like an echo of what you're, what you want, what your spirit wants, what your higher self wants. So when you're checking out of life, it's, it's not necessarily you just being depressed. It's actually um, a reminder that you're supposed to be observing this life from your higher self. And that's why it doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, you know, the, the act of, of the act of being depressed is it's, it's about the same. It could be equated with you know, uh, fainting and or passing out to yeah. to remove yourself from a situation and in hopes that when you awaken reawaken that things will have changed and maybe the bills won't still be under the bed <laughs> right. somebody would have taken care of all that <laughs> yeah if, if i faint just a couple more times yeah. perhaps but that's, that's that's interesting but you'll even notice how you interact with other people and you can detect those subtle changes in how you speak and your attitude and even your behavior, depending on who you're exchanging that energy with. Are you talking about my Southern accent? Which is beautiful, by the way, and quite uh, eloquent when you're in the deep South. Oh my goodness. It comes out. It does. Yeah. But, and, and you also, well, you can notice how you speak differently to a child, the way you speak to a doctor. Uh, a repairman or the owner of a, some company, you're 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 not enjoying uh, these these. You're not enjoying different roles, but what's happening is the lower self simply begins morphing into different characters, and without higher awareness, um, then you start identifying with the different roles. Now you're the patient, and here's the doctor. You're the one needing the repairman or the the car fixed, rather than the knowledge of how the you know the role of the 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 one who's fixing the car. So when the ego walks into a store, for example, it identifies with being a customer. The higher self observes the role without thinking, "I am a customer." The other person, likewise, is not a salesperson. They're just playing the role of one, but they are not one. So you're actually not relating with the person that's helping you at all. Mm. Who you think you are is reacting to who you think the other person is. And they're doing the same thing. The subjective belief in your mind of who you think you are is relating to something of its own egoic imagination. And so the other person's mind has probably done the same thing. This is why there is so much conflict in relationships. There is no true relationship between egos. It is false. It is made wow. up. And so there's conflict between wow. people all the time. You see it in traffic. You see it in the stores. You see it in, in these roles that are being played. There's conflict because the true identity of the mm. two people playing roles is removed. And it's fake. It's false. And that's why you have to have, in, in true relationship, we have to have two people functioning from higher self. That's correct. It's yes, gonna, you're going to yes. be, it's like, you know, yes. yelling at someone across the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's not, it's not going to go well. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to, the communication won't be there. The understanding won't be there. Um, when you have that tilted, you know, one's an ego, one's in higher self, or both are an ego, but you have that false. That's, that's fascinating. That's why there's so much dissatisfaction in relationships, in marriages. And it, I have a question, um, and I hope I don't. This doesn't come across as confusing. Um, so, 
we're talking about roles. And I'm wondering if you're telling us that it's okay to participate in, in, in these roles as long as we're observing them mm-hmm. and with awareness from higher mm-hmm. self and we're not using them to form and, and create our identity. There, Yes, there is a way to deal wisely in the affairs of the lower state of consciousness in others. Okay. And the way is through a, a gateway, an entry point between realms of awareness. And this is not just one place to gain access, but what I'm about to share here in answer to your question is the entry point. You can try to reach common ground, for example, without going through the gateway, but you'll end up bumping up against a wall of disagreement every time you do it. Mm. And so without kinetic belief, it's not possible. It is not possible to align with higher consciousness without without being a kinetic believer. Affirmations of gratitude will not work to manifest positive interruptions into your life either. The gateway that I'm talking about between realms of consciousness is the way to living your best life, to having success in every area of life, financially, physically, spiritually, and relationally. Because not everybody out here is going to be in higher consciousness. You may be, but now what about the rest of the world that you've got to somehow figure out a way to successfully interact with? Mm -hmm. There has to be a way to do this. And it is through this gateway that transcends these these. Uh, the higher and the lower uh, mm. consciousness. Is it love? Well, love is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Roll the tape. No, but <laughs> it See is. You next week. <laughs> kinetic belief will not work when you are in conflict. But allowing others to have their opinions and and their way of doing things, their way of thought, what that does is it frees your higher consciousness to operate among those who are unawake those who are yeah. still steeped in ego and in their lower sense of being in well, other inter- words go ahead Sorry. no i was just gonna say if you've got a problem unconditional love is the beginning to the answer yes a plus you got it that's my role today you did your homework <laughs> yes well and i think it's fascinating that you you know you've you've brought us on this journey of understanding today and you began with observing our roles and observing our life for ourself. And then the next step is applying that to everyone else, not the other way around. That's correct, yes. We don't go around observing everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm a higher self creature and I'm gonna observe you. Wrong answer. No, this is from within. We get our our own house straight, we get our own lane straight. And then that, um, and I've actually always found that when we do that, when we take that first step of recognition of self, fixing self, whatever you wanna call it, um, it really just sort of begins to permeate everything else. And it just it just works. And you, it just flows mm-hmm. down to the other relationships and to the rest of our life. Change just, yourself. Yeah. Change yourself. If change you want to yourself. change your life, change your circumstances, change situation. Yeah. Change even the way that you relate with other people. You always change yourself because if you've been stuck in the same place or if you're believing and hoping for the same thing for what seems like forever... Love, which is the opposite of bitterness and unforgiveness and strife and anger, is the solution to manifesting advancement into your life. Mm. And what's really exciting is that our immersion into unconditional acceptance of other people in their lower state of being is completely and totally in our hands. Yes. Totally, completely. I can, for example, I can choose to be offended 
and forget about positively attracting change into my life. I can choose to not like somebody and subjugate attracting positive change into my life. I can choose to get mad at you or choose to get argue with somebody, choose to manipulate other people to get my way and strand my higher self into the land of the living without the ability to manifest abundance. Wow. There is a way to success without any added sorrow coming with it. Mm. And the only way, the gateway comes with the power to positively change my circumstances. Unconditional acceptance with gratitude is the, the doorway to the gateway to success in every area of life. And it is the only way to get there. This is reminding me about a, a recent conversation that we had. And I hope I don't mess your story up here. Um, sorry if I do. But it was basically about this man. And he had, you know, he was arrested for, you know, uh, standing up against a, a terrible government regime. You know, he was obviously mm. in the right. He was um, standing up for the people, for their rights, for, the, for good. He was for good, but he found himself in prison and, and the reflection that he had in prison, instead of spending that time blaming these people who arrested him and lamenting the state of the government and of the world, he took that time to say, how did I contribute to me mm -hmm. ending up in a cell? Right. What did I do to get here? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, well, I found it to be very empowering because it really set the standard pretty high for taking ownership of your life, what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, taking ownership of uh, and and again that responsibility of what's happening to you and what you what we are experiencing is up to us, and yeah. that's such an extreme level of that. It really did such a nice, a beautiful job of putting other things in my life in perspective. Well, as a kinetic believer, you realize that first of all, you are not a victim to circumstances. You're not a victim to regimes. You're not a victim to anything. Because, look, when we're interacting with people every single day in lower state, we're interacting with life, the world, the culture, you, most likely you're not thinking about how it's going to affect your manifestations. But the way that we interact with every single person we come in contact with significantly impacts what we are going to manifest, mm -hmm. what we are going to experience. And it's our perception of either being a victim uh, to a circumstance or to something or, or not a victim because I am, after all, a KB and responsible for everything that's going on around me yeah. and how it interacts with me. If you understand that, that is a thing that will have an impact on your health and your level of joy and happiness, regardless of where you are in this world. There is no nothing that can incarcerate the higher being in the realm of the lower state of consciousness. Nothing. How we interact with others, though, that becomes vitally important. Perhaps you, maybe you're somebody listening is just very pleasant. And they're just, this is a polite person, okay? Yeah. At least outwardly, they are. But conducting themselves in an accepting way goes far beyond being nice. Because that's what resides deep beneath the surface. Under the control of the, the lower egoic consciousness that comes out when something goes wrong or someone upsets most people. And that includes our reasonings mm -hmm. and our thoughts and, and all of our motives. The power of kinetic belief works as a matter of higher consciousness. And a kinetic believer develops foresight from insight. Mm. Mm. A KB expects what unexpected, uh, uh, unexpected 
I would just say even people, you, you not, you're not expecting uh, certain people to show up in your life, but here they come, here they are. And a, a KB um, is, is not in the lower consciousness. So to interact with a person in lower consciousness is not even something that a KB who's meditating and stirring up higher consciousness is going to do, but they see positive results before they see the manifestation. Mm. A KB is navigating through the world and life today. Uh, expecting, regardless of the lower state of of the planet around them, they that does not change their higher expectation. A KB chooses and nurtures their thoughts with the optimism of assuredness, because they don't doubt. We don't cave in and quit just because we we have been accused of something, or someone in a lower state of consciousness gets us on the phone and has access into our lives. That does not rearrange our expectations it doesn't have any effect on what we believe to be an outcome that we've been believing for and so a kb lives and lives abundantly and they're willing and they're not afraid to keep going and to keep trying and to dream and to live it and to dream and to live it and to dream and see it and live it that is a kb and then the higher approach to, well, this is an adventure, isn't it? Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, we, we are, our pony has some get up and go in it. Right. You wake and, up and, one morning, <laughs> this right. is fun. Who and, knew? Who knew it could be so much fun because it's important. Our perspective will make or break our experiences. And what we see from higher consciousness, those insights become our articles of faith and the things that we journal about. Mm. I, I think it's fascinating. Um, the way that you just started there talking about how someone who's I'm so nice and I'm so pleasant and you know it, but one of the really fun things about the kinetic belief journey is you get to redefine everything every word that you've ever mm. spoken mm -hmm. the definitions of almost every word in the English language that you use are going to be redefined because all of a sudden you say well what is nice what does that even mean what is nice mm -hmm. um because technically, if you're being nice in a dishonest way, in an inauthentic way, you're, you're causing a very harmful ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so what you thought was nice and pleasant is actually going to be detrimental to your journey and those around you. So how about, I just love that we get to redefine love. We get to redefine creation. We get to redefine nice and authenticity and and build these definitions up and and create a new dictionary a kinetic belief dictionary that now defines our life in the proper way because just because you think you're being nice you're probably enabling a lot of stuff to continue that shouldn't well the problem there is you think you're being nice in other words you're identifying with being nice which puts you right back into the ego and, and a good way to see through this if you've been hoping for something to manifest into your life that doesn't seem to be happening, it perhaps it's time to ask and answer the question that changes everything and moves you through the gateway to development. Are you harboring bitterness towards someone? Mm. Are you impatient with other people? Mm. Unconditional love for others is patient. Patient with your spouse or partner, patient at the grocery store, patient in traffic or with your children or the children of others. We, we met a young couple recently in, in a high rocky mountain town, very scenic place. And they were visiting, they were on vacation and they had these two sweet little polite young children with them. 
And um, the the father, the dad said, he said, I, I don't I don't care if they make any travel memories or not talking about the children. And obviously he had had it. He was over it, over having his kids with him on vacation. And he said, uh, I just want to begin making memories for me. Wow. Boy, you know, um, I really, my heart went out for those kids. Unconditional love requires an awakened perspective. And it's kind to your children. It's kind to those around you. It's kind to the restaurant server. Yeah, but the kindness is coming, like you're saying, from a place, a higher place. It's not just a, a, a mode of operation that the ego has programmed because it wants to get something in return. And it begins, it begins in your thoughts and in your deeds, but, and it's openly present, um, but because it's coming from a higher perspective. That it's recognized. Well, and what's really interesting about circumstances like this is you, it, on the surface, it looks like you're going to lose something. On the surface, it looks like you have to sacrifice something and you and now you will be less than because you've given it. And that's so not true. The, the universe is created in such a perfect, beautiful way that when we do the right thing, when we practice kinetic belief, when we practice unconditional love, it will always come back tenfold and enrich mm-hmm. us and mm-hmm. help us to to create this beautiful life of beautiful experiences and deep 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 satisfaction and so don't i just think it's so great to know this and to have this permission so that we don't have to listen to these internal lies that say oh you're going to have to give this up if you give to them you're going to be less than and that's not how it works mm-hmm. Yeah, so this person, like the dad just talked about, or people that are in this lower state of consciousness, um, the the tell here is that a KB that's manifesting good health and prosperity on every uh, level of their life doesn't envy. They aren't jealous of someone else's life. They're not jealous of someone else's appearance or what they think other people that don't have any kids, the kind of life that they're living. So I'm jealous of them or their talents or their opportunities and all that stuff. A KB is not boastful. They don't focus on themselves. And they actually turn attention outward and toward other people. And they're, they are working on themselves. They're meditating. They're putting in the time and the work to do this and journaling from their highest perspective so that they know where they need to improve and, and they're not above correction. They don't worry, but instead they fully trust in their creator and the abilities that they've been given for creative authority and the power of belief, and the manifesting power of their dominion. But something is happening within a KB who's awakened like this and transcended into higher consciousness. They're not rude all of a sudden, and they no longer cut people off in traffic. They don't push to the front of the line. They don't talk loudly in public or disturb others by bulldozing into their personal space. They're not late for work or appointments, and they don't speak harshly to other people, then they allow others to have their opinions. I didn't correct this father. I allowed him to have his opinion, regardless of what they might be. And when someone has a different opinion, not challenging them, not arguing with them, that doesn't mean that I I agreed with that father. It didn't mean that I agreed with the way he was raising his kids. Not at all. It doesn't mean that I agree with them. It just simply means that I'm unconditionally loving other people where they are for who they are, and I am doing it without prejudice. Mm. 
and a KB whose whose consciousness has transcended above the noise of the world isn't keeping a record of wrong things that have been done to them. They don't remind other people in their families or their spouse of what they said or or did five years ago or even last week. In other words, they don't keep this running tally of what their in-laws have said or done. Mm. And if one or more of these in particular are still challenging to somebody that's listening today, look, you can make a change in your life. These things are steeped in ego. And they are of lower consciousness and they are negative. They're toxic and they are not worth the price that it costs your ability to manifest and attract greater things than these. And rather than meditate on what somebody said that hurt you, think on the things that flourish you more life, perfected health, abundance, edifying and encouraging, celebrating and championing friends and attracting wealth, great wealth into your life. These are the things that lead directly through the gateway of realms for dealing wisely in the affairs of this world. Well, what an empowering lesson this is that um, if you are experiencing jealousy, the antidote is not to not be jealous. The antidote is unconditional love. Yes. And so, you know, if you don't, if your life is to the point where you're so jealous of everyone else because you don't like the mm. life you're living, then fix it. Go fix your own life. There's this really great uh, part in the book. I think it's funny you just said prejudice because I was thinking mm. about the book Pride and Prejudice. And there's a really great scene in there. And um, basically, the main character, Mr. Darcy, he's complaining to Elizabeth that he doesn't have a good personality to make friends. Right. And she has no compassion for him. And she says, well, you should probably practice (laughs) then if that's your problem. But I just, I love that because, you know, if you're walking through life and you're finding yourself just making all these excuses, well, I don't have this. I don't have the money for that. I don't Mm. have the right personality to make friends. We're all capable. We all have within our higher self all of the bits and pieces that we need to create and to experience this life that we want. And Mm. that's the antidote to envy jealousy, all of these negative emotions, focusing on building the beautiful life that satisfies you and that you were really meant and intended to live from the beginning. And that's the antidote to all of this negativity. And And that's unconditional love to self. Which comes from releasing yourself from being challenged by other people and you allow them, Mm. allow them to be, and and no longer feel the sense of being challenged, even when they are trying to pull you in by pushing the buttons to challenge you and to to bring you into that lower state of consciousness. Well, and as you just told us, you know, your opinion of them will not define their existence any more than you're Mm. allowing their opinion to define yours. That's freedom. That's and freedom. that's peace. Mm. Because look, maybe in your body, if healing healing is something that you need, and perhaps you've been believing to manifest, but it seems slow in coming, unconditional love is the answer. In fact, medical science has proven that diseases like arthritis and cancer and ulcers, anxiety, high blood pressure, heart disease, all those things are connected to stress, to fear, and bitterness that comes from entangling with others in that lower state of consciousness. So having a sense of of unforgiveness or harboring hurts from the past, that is so dangerous. Both physically and spiritually, it corrupts the essence of higher consciousness, and it subjugates higher consciousness to the ego. And when the ego is dominant, it prevents healing and, and restoration from working in someone's life. Actually, 
Actually, harboring unforgiveness will stunt your ability to attract more abundant life so completely that you're not going to have enough power to advance much of anything else. Most people don't realize it, but unforgiveness is actually a form of fear. And often people don't forgive because they're afraid of getting hurt again. They're afraid that they'll never recover from the damage that someone else has done in their lives. And beyond forgiving others, unconditional love in every area of life will keep you healthy. It'll keep you strong. And anger, complaining, and criticism are just not good for your health. Complaining and criticism are in the same category. Complaining is it's the it's the opposite of gratitude. And criticizing other people, whether you know them or not, is stepping out of unconditional love. Mm. And when that person in the restaurant is is hitting you on the back of your your head with their baseball cap turned around backward and they are loud and and <laughs> and and all up in your space complaining, you're stepping out of unconditional love. You're drinking the Kool-Aid, you're taking the bait. Mm. It's important to not confuse unconditional love with acceptance. It doesn't mean you have to accept that. Actually, unconditional love disciplines. It corrects and it holds people accountable. I'm laughing because I'm thinking, and now we know, and now we know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's one of the uh, very uh, heavy, exciting, but heavy byproducts of listening to this podcast. Uh, We now have to go forth and, and we can't pretend like we don't know. Right. That because, well, look, and here's the past because somebody might be thinking, well, this is just not going to be possible. Unconditional love does not mean that you allow people to act however they wish to or affirm bad behavior. But higher consciousness is also not condemning and it's not judgmental. Unconditional love puts you in control of the power of kinetic belief, and it is your gateway to manifesting success in every area of your life. I've had a lot of people when I talk to them about this who will say, oh, yes, Steve and Meg, I practice unconditional love every single day of my life, all the time. Well, if you ever complain about drivers on the road, you're out of unconditional love and you are in a low vibrational frequency of negative influence. If you are underpaying people who work for you or cheating on your taxes, if you're tipping small at restaurants, If you're pointing out the faults of your neighbor's yard or their house, if you are giving the silent treatment to someone who upsets you, if you are criticizing your in-laws, if you are failing to respect your husband or your wife, if, if you neglect to compliment or show appreciation to your employees, if you're not encouraging your children, if you're being cranky and moody, if you're talking about the failures of other people, criticizing the people that you work with, having angry outbursts, you're not living your life in unconditional love. Mm. That's a tall glass of water to drink. Well, it is. And, but, but again, I find so much solace and hope and excitement in the idea of what you have shown us today, which is our focus and our intent in, in pursuing a life lived through the lens of unconditional love fixes all that. You know, I don't have to go through and, you know, uh, take every single teeny tiny little thing that I haven't done right and sort of micromanage these missteps. You can 
move beyond that, focus on the unconditional love, it will fix everything. The world is operating as it should for the time that we are in. Mm -hmm. And you allow those things. Allow it as an observer. And know that all things are advancing toward perfected completion. Here's something that will help you. When you're tempted to get out of the intentional use of unconditional love and get over into strife and anger by judging the intentions of other people, ask yourself, who am I to condemn and judge where someone has come from, to judge their life experiences, or to even know what those have been? Who am I to know what they may be going through or coming out of? Who am I that that they should be like I am? How they choose to live that's going to determine whether they live peacefully and abundantly or if they will fail. And that is their choice, their life. It's where they must be and need to be for the life that they're experiencing and going through right now. Wow. And then with the example of my unconditional love for them, I choose to believe for their healing and freedom from anything that may be destructive to their lives. I wish no one else harm. And I, I recognize that they're just living the life that they need to experience, and they are in a different place than I am. And the truth is, it doesn't take much to fall off the unconditional love truck and over into a ditch somewhere. Uh, we know that. It we doesn't take that. much at all. Yes. And it happens when you least expect it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. When your guard's down. Maybe you're going along doing great, and somebody cuts you off in traffic and flips you off. No problem. Your yard guy mows down some of your freshly uh, planted flowers. Okay, he didn't see them. It happens. They, they were marigolds. Give, by the give, way. give him a bonus for working so hard. <laughs> a cold glass of ice water. You go out for a quiet dinner, and the person sitting in the booth behind you is really, really loud, and they keep bumping the back of your booth. How does it make you? How does that make you feel? What do you do? What do you say, if anything? Because all these things happen. What is your mindset, your perspective, your enlightened response when it does happen? Are you prepared to deal wisely in the affairs of lower consciousness from higher consciousness? Or do you come uh, falling out of the sky to give someone a piece of your mind? Swooping in. It's a, it's a bird. It's <laughs> a plane. From the height. It's Here Megan you come. with an attitude. From her higher consciousness <laughs> right down to the lower self. Yes. But, you know, in all seriousness, KBs make a conscious effort in all of these areas before things happen. You're going out to the restaurant? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. And then when we, when we turn our attention toward practicing these things before they happen, we're prepared. Because we're journaling our lives from our highest viewpoints, which is vital to being prepared and for seeing powerful results in every area of our life. What does complete, total life success look like to, to, to you, to a listener today? Because for a lot of people, it means success in health, finances, relationships, business, promotions, dreams, all of those things realized. Unconditional love, Maggie, is fear-free and it is failure-free. And since we know the five modalities of kinetic belief never fails, if we are experiencing failure or lack of success in any area of our lives, we know that somewhere, somewhere we have allowed our vibrational energy to become toxic and we've been upset by some ego somewhere, and it's probably ours. Unconditional love is the answer, and it begins with unconditionally loving yourself first. 
And if you desire and dream of being happily married, uh, of receiving a promotion at work, an increase in wealth maybe, to start a business or to experience some kind of extravagant health in your life, to attract edifying relationships, unconditional love is the answer. Show up, be willing to adventure, speak your articles of faith and your affirmations. Do it several times a day. Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited, but imagination encircles the world. So start there. You're doing something on the molecular level of quantum physics when you use your imagination in the most abundant, positive way that you possibly can. And then put in the work. You gotta show up and you gotta do the work. If you don't have, if if you don't have um a journal, go to the website kineticbelief.com and get my guided journal. But do the meditative work. Learn to use your imagination, create desires, blueprinted from your highest viewpoints, stay in gratitude, remain focused, and choose carefully, very carefully, the words that you speak. Words spoken by spiritual beings have a natural experience, and are they are things that manifest. And then put action toward the unctions that your higher consciousness begins communicating to you. You're going to receive insights. You're going to receive wisdom from source, wisdom from your creator to act and to attract these things into your life. The state of higher consciousness that you achieve by unbecoming all of these negative influences that we're talking about, that attracts the abundance of the universe into the realm of experiences. And it is your immovable posture of unconditional love that will draw the substance of your belief through the gateway of manifestations into the natural to be seen. Anything, and I mean anything that moves you out of unconditional love and into the emotions of ego, slams on the brakes and stalls the expansion of your expanding territory. So don't allow your life to become stagnant, kind of where we started today. And get out of that little circle of of experiences and let unconditional love be the foundation of your kinetic beliefs. And it will abundantly rearrange circumstances in every area of your life. Joy, happiness, wealth, good health, loving friends and relationships will become your everyday experience. And the abundant life, it's already yours. If you're willing to stand forever to manifest it, you'll never have to stand for long. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Yes. I'm ready. Just say this. <laughs> say, I know that I'm beautifully made. I know that I'm beautifully made. And great health. And great health. Wealth and wisdom. Wealth and wisdom. Already belong to me. They already belong to me. I'm flowing in the direction of well-being. I'm flowing in the direction of well-being. I am optimistically happy. I'm optimistically happy. Because love dwells within me. Because love dwells within me. I am in love with myself. I'm in love with myself. And I unconditionally love all others. <laughs> and I unconditionally love all others. Including you. Hey including you. I am mastering my universe around me. I'm mastering my universe around me. And what I believe establishes and what I believe establishes perfect order in my life perfect order in my life is mine right now. It's mine right now. I am attracting fulfillment. I'm attracting fulfillment for my mind, body, and soul. For my mind, my body, and my soul. I am believing 
I'm believing. To devote myself to my legacy life goals. To devote myself to my legacy life goals. And I choose my purpose. I choose my purpose. Over all other purposes. Over all other purposes. To be an observer. To be an observer. And entertained. And entertained. By creation around me. By the creation around me. I have no fear in my life. I have no fear in my life. Because I'm unattached. I'm unattached. And I am free. And I'm free. And where there is unconditional love. And where there's unconditional love. There can be no fear. There can be no fear. I love having fun people around me. I love having fun people around me. <laughs> and yes. I am a light for those that know me. And I'm a light for those that know me. And, the, and for those that have yet to meet me. And for those that yet to meet me. I'm not responsible for the world. I'm not responsible for the world. I am responsible to me and my choices. I am responsible to me and my choices. And I choose life. I choose life. And all that is good. And all that is good. Therefore. Therefore. All is good. All is good. Because I choose life. Because I choose life. I am in love with me. I'm in love with me. And I'm in love with you. And I'm in love with you. Because I've chosen to be. Because I have chosen to be. Therefore I am. Therefore I am. I am health. I am health. I am wealth. I am wealth. I am satisfaction. I am satisfaction. I am joyous. I am joyous. I am happy. I'm happy. I am. I'm not sorry for anything. I'm not sorry for anything. I am grateful for all things. I'm grateful for all things. I am beautifully made. I am beautifully made. And everything is perfect. And everything's perfect. In the way that it is. <laughs> in the way that it is. As it moves toward perfection. As it moves toward perfection. Because I am a KB creative. Because I'm a KB creative. And my best life is overtaking me. And my best life is overtaking my me. My best life is now. My best life is now. My abundance is now. My abundance is now. My health is now. My health is now. The health of my my children is now. The health of my children is now. My joy is now. My joy is now. My happiness is now. My happiness is now. I am abundance. I am abundance. I am good health. I am good health. I am joy. I am joy. I am love. I am love. I don't have love. I don't have love. I am love. I am love. Wow, Steve, you've gotten me all worked up today. We're about to go get in the car and sit there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm ready to go out and conquer the world, man. We can pull over at, at, at every, at every uh, turn off where there's okay. a, a, a long-range view. and You can walk around and jump up and down. Okay, that, that sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. Uh, KineticBelief.com or StephenCanyon.com. They'll both get you to the website where you can purchase the guided journal that Stephen was talking about. And make sure, if you haven't already, if you're in the U.S., send a text to 844-844-0049 to hear some encouraging messages from Stephen occasionally. And by the way, we're working on a KB workshop coming to Dallas, Texas in October, just a couple of months from now. And uh, watch out and look for those dates and we'll continue to talk about it as it manifests on the podcast. But we hope to see all of you in Dallas, Texas in October. And that's a good point. Make sure that you've signed up to receive emails from us via the website to make sure you get all the the current updates and letters from Stephen and myself. Sending out much love and light to all you KB creatives all around the world. Thanks as usual, Stephen, for all the love and all the wisdom.